Hello, my zebras and spoonies. Thanks for coming and hanging out with me today. I'm glad that you are here. Today, I'm going to be talking about how to manage your fluid and sodium intake if you have a POTS diagnosis. This is something that is frequently asked about in the support groups that I am, so I felt that it was important to tackle. And I only wanted to write about it once because I'm lazy. I mean, come on, it's easier to share a post or a podcast rather than rewriting it out every time in a comment, right? So the first thing to say about increasing water and salt consumption for POTS is that the reason that we are all given different or vague instructions is that there really isn't any clear guidelines for this because there really hasn't been any research done on it. In fact, there's very little research done on the amount of water required for people without any medical problems. In fact, I can only find one, like ever, in all the history of research. This lack of research makes it pretty impossible for our providers to give us clear guidelines and numbers to aim for, which is why they often give us this vague advice of telling us to increase the amount of water and salt we consume without giving us any goals to actually aim for. That being said, I think that there is a way to go about it that's much more structured and useful than just randomly consuming amounts of fluids and waters. I mean, and salts. So let's start with the fact that if you are tracking your symptoms, you're going to have a better way of knowing what is working for you and what isn't. Because of that, I think that this process really requires that you have a medical journal that you track your symptoms in. This is an invaluable tool during this process because it will give you concrete data to look at and compare to over time. And this allows you to better assess if the changes that you are making with your water and salt intake are actually having any kind of real impact on your symptoms. And if you need help setting up a medical journal, I have a post about it and I'll share the link um, in my podcast description. Um, However, there are many ways to go about this and a search online will yield a lot of methods that other spoonies and zebras use. And it really doesn't matter which method you pick, just find a system that works for you. So week one is all about getting and figuring out your baseline. When you start this process, you need to track a baseline week. Document your symptoms for a week to establish what your baseline is on your scales and tracking tools, whichever ones that you're going to be using. This is a super important step because it lets you know where you are right now. Without knowing your starting point, you will have nothing to compare to later, um, and you won't be able to tell if things are improving or not. So really, don't skip this step. During this window, make sure that you're also writing down the amount of sodium and water that you're taking in. And that will let you know what your starting point is for this consumption. Again, this is super important. The recommendation for a healthy adult without any medical problems is to drink 30 mLs of fluid for every one kilogram they weigh. Thus, this is your starting point. Start out by making sure that you are at least drinking this much fluid every day. There are some other useful numbers to know when you are trying to increase your blood volume with increased water and salt consumption. One gram of table salt equals 400 milligrams of sodium. The rest of it is chloride. 
One teaspoon of salt is six grams, which equals 2,400 milligrams of sodium. That's a lot. 100 milligrams of sodium will cause your body to retain 240 mLs or one cup of water. 960 mLs, which is about one liter or four cups of water um, retained, will increase your weight by two pounds or about one kilogram. I mean, to be precise, it's 0.9 kilogram. Okay. So let's look at how to use these numbers. If you want to make sure that your body can hold on to fluids that you're drinking, you need to be sure that you're consuming enough sodium to allow your body to retain it. And that means that you need to make sure that you're consuming 100 milligrams of sodium for every 240 um, mLs or one cup of fluid that you're drinking. So let's take a look at myself as an example to figure out this kind of starting point just to be giving an idea of how these numbers work. And my last weigh-in, I was 210 pounds, and that converts to 95.25 kilograms. You can use this conversion site, I'll put the link in the podcast description, um, to convert your weight easily from pounds to kilograms. And once you know what your kilograms are, you're going to then figure out the amount of fluids that you need. The starting point is 300 mLs per kilogram. So... My kilogram weight is 95.25. I'm going to times that by 30, which equals 2,857.5. I'm going to round that up, which means that my starting fluid need is 2,858 mLs every day. To convert that number to the amount of 8-ounce glasses, 1-cup glasses, that you need... You're going to divide that total by 240 mLs, which is how many mLs are in one cup. So for me, it's 2,858 divided by 240, which equals 11.9 or 12 cups of water every day based on my weight. That means that my fluid goal would be 12 cups daily. Then you figure out the amount of sodium that you need every day to go along with that amount of fluid. 100 milligrams of sodium will cause your body to retain 240 mLs or one cup of water. Thus, the idea is to consume 100 milligrams of sodium for every cup that you are drinking. So my starting point would be a base of drinking 12 cups of water every day, which means that I would need to consume... 1,200 milligrams of sodium every day to go along with that fluid. And all of that would mean that my starting numbers would be 12 cups of fluid every day with 1,200 milligrams of sodium every day. This would be my minimum starting point. After you've done a week of your medical journal, you're going to want to compare your current intake with your minimum starting intake. Take an average for the numbers. What was your average daily water intake during your baseline week? And what was your average sodium intake for your baseline week? Now compare those numbers to your minimum uh, starting point that you calculated. Are you at the starting point already on both the fluid and the sodium? And most people aren't, and that's all right. That's why this is the starting point. If you're not at the minimum starting point, then that's going to be your starting point. 
However, if you are already consuming that amount, you're going to want to make an increase from your baseline. After all, you aren't going to get anywhere if you don't make any changes, right? So you will want to increase your fluid intake by one cup and your sodium intake by 100 milligrams. So if we use my numbers above and say that was also my weekly average, then I would want to increase to 13 cups of fluid and 1,300 milligrams of sodium every day. And that would be my starting point adjusted based on my baseline consumption. The other thing is, is that you want to make sure that you're adjusting your numbers so that you have that ratio of one cup of fluid to 100 milligrams of sodium. So if your baseline consumption has way more salt intake than that, I would just recommend starting with your water intake, your fluid amounts, and move forward from there. Um, I would also say that probably would be the, the, the case with even if your sodium was too low, you know, base it off of what your fluid consumption is, adjust the sodium to be the appropriate amount for that fluid, and then make that your starting point for your first week of the trial. So does all this make sense so far? Don't be afraid to ask me questions in the comments. Um, I love comments. I love questions. So then once you've got these numbers, you're going to start your adjustment weeks. Every week after your, your, your baseline week of data, you're going to increase your daily water by one cup and your sodium by 100 milligrams. It is essential that you keep tracking your symptoms in your journal because at the end of every week, you're going to consider how your symptoms are doing. Are things improving? Are they getting worse? Okay, so while these numbers represent the general average for the way that the human body responds to water and sodium, it is important to keep in mind that it is an average and that this average was found in a controlled lab setting. We are not the average person. No one is. And there are numerous things in play, including um, our health conditions that are not being taken into account with these basic equations. Even our diet is a factor that's being considered that isn't being considered with these equations. And things like caffeine can have an impact on the results. And we certainly do not live in a lab. So while these numbers are a useful starting point, it is important to keep their source and their limitations in mind. In the real world, it is unlikely that we will ever be able to achieve a magical ratio of one cup of water retention for every 100 milligrams of sodium. But in reality, we don't need to either. These numbers are simply a place for us to start, for us to be able to explore what are good numbers for us in achieving a good sense of wellness? The rest of this is based on your trial and on the data that you get during that trial. There are many factors that impact your fluid and sodium needs, such as heat and amount of exercise. And this is why looking at a week-long stretch is more helpful than only considering a single day. However, if you live in an environment where the temperature varies greatly, or if you have a lot of variation in your activity levels, or your health just fluctuates a lot, you may need to increase your tracking intervals to two weeks rather than one week to improve the data set that you're collecting. So this means that this is a slow process. 
but I promise that it is worth figuring out what works for you as an individual rather than just shooting for random numbers that someone is guessing will be helpful. Because while we are all struggling with the POTS diagnosis, we are all very different. Thus, our fluid and sodium needs are also going to be different. And the truth of this is, is that it's about finding the balance. Your weekly evaluations are going to be what decides when you have found your magic numbers. At the end of every week, you're going to ask yourself if your symptoms have improved, gotten worse, or stayed the same. If things have gotten worse, you're going to want to consider trying another week at those numbers. After all, it's possible that you had a bad symptom week for a different reason. Maybe you just weren't sleeping well. If you've repeated the week and are still seeing worsening symptoms, then you're probably going to want to drop back to the previous numbers and use those as your final number set. If things are staying the same or improving, then keep going with the increases until you've you've reached either the maximum amounts that you can tolerate consuming or you feel that your symptoms are well managed. And then those will be your magic numbers. Keep in mind that this is about finding balance, not finding a cure. Most of us have other medical conditions in addition to our POTS, which can make high amounts of fluids or sodium difficult. But the point is that... This trial is about discovering the highest amount that your body can tolerate and will ideally give you the best possible symptom control for your POTS. The truth is that many of us cannot achieve good symptom management with changes in water um, and sodium consumption alone. This method can be used if you're newly diagnosed or if you have been on a POTS regimen for years. It can be used to evaluate if your current fluid and sodium numbers are at their ideal. After all, our bodies change over time, and that means that our treatment plans will need to change as well. If you're interested in learning more about sodium, I have a post about that that was part of my electrolyte series. Um, So I hope that you found this guide helpful. And until we hang out again, you stay well. Bye.